Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Tracy Roberts. That's some great hand gestures going on there, Martin. If people knew what went on behind the microphones uh, and the podcast. I think they could imagine if they've met us. They can probably hand imagine. signals, all sorts of stuff to distract each other, facial expressions, the lot. Oh, I've got facial leakage all the time. I can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's me talking for a change to you, well, initially. that'll only last a few minutes, too. Well, I'll be taking over that. in a minute. We all know that. So today we thought we'd talk about, well, we're going to talk about the six pillars of leadership, but firstly, we're going to talk a little bit about why we've ended up there. Um, So over the last 12 months since I've been here, or nearly 12 months, we've been trying to sort of land on what we think really are the most important elements of leadership, hence it becoming six pillars that we think are vital for any organization to focus on. So now that we kind of know what works and, you know, working with such big organizations as we do, we've kind of seen how it's changed their perceptions and their the way they do things in their organization. I thought it'd be quite a good idea today to talk about those six pillars in a bit more detail and think yeah. about what it means. Yeah, absolutely. We're seven years into this journey now and the sheer amount of exposure we've had to organizations in different sectors public sector with fire and rescue, Mm -hmm. police, NHS, the private sector with corporates, commercial organizations, elite sport and sporting teams, education, you know, we've charities, you know, we've really um, worked on leadership development programs across every sort of sector you can possibly work on, which requires teams to galvanize together to deliver organizational performance. Yeah. And, I guess the six pillars were born this year because what we did is we looked at everything we delivered over those years and all the different themes and the days and the experiences. And we looked at it and we said, can we bucket this together into some some core pillars which make up a a comprehensive program of work for any leadership program? Yeah. And rather than it just be a sheep dip approach and a smash and grab of... Because we've got organizations. We don't like that. We don't do that here. No. Yeah. Because you get clients saying, I want some psychometric testing done and some self awareness and emotional intelligence. Then you'd have them going, I want them to be better at managing conflict. I want my leaders to speak with more power and presence. Um, (laughs) I want them to have the basic skills of how to run a meeting and organize their diary. Yeah. Um, I want them to be more assertive. I want them to be more supportive. And we had all this stuff coming at us. And it was like, hang on a second. You know, if we was to, rather than just react and do a sheep dip approach and a smash and grab, we need to, because we, we're in the know now and we've got all these data points, what if yeah. we put together a program of work in chronological order that said the best way to attack leadership development is to do it in this order, in this way, based on these fundamental pillars. Yes. And that's where the six pillars were born, wasn't yeah. it? And so it holds the organization up, essentially, which is, I guess, why the analogy of pillars is there, isn't it? So, And since absolutely. we've done that, it's worth mentioning, we partner our clients now on an annual basis with a number of days, yeah. with a number of cohorts, and we say, right, if you've got 50 leaders in the top two tiers of your organization, put them through the six pillars, or even you can choose, put them through four of the six pillars. Yeah, Put them through the minimum requirement, which is three of the six pillars. Yes. 
but make sure they all go through the same experience with the same language. Yeah. That's what's going to drive a common understanding, a common language, and what's ultimately going to drive leadership change. That's super important because we do get some people that maybe start the conversation around the middle managers, don't we? And then we have to almost reframe is probably the right word around how it has to be a, a full buy-in in most cases. And like you say, if it's happening from a top down. Top down is preferable. Yeah. Top down is always preferable because if not, you are at risk of what we call the rebound effect, which is if you say we don't need any leadership development at the exec level or the senior leadership level, but we want our mid-managers and frontline leaders to go through this, then they'll have a great time. They'll learn loads. Mm -hmm. We'll take them through the experience. But then if they go back into the organization and they don't get the same level of change and understanding and commitment from above then they'll give up yeah because they'll say well what's the point in us being more self-aware and being better at managing conflict and being better at driving performance if these people above us are not yeah so i always implore customers and organizations to think top down yeah trickling something down from the top where you're not saying we're exempt or where yeah we're, we're already there sends the right message. However, there are different scenarios and circumstances where we've gone in at the mid-level, captured hearts and minds and momentum, and in the top have gone, hang on a minute, this sounds awesome. This sounds awesome. Let us go through this to show a bit Mm -hmm. of willing. So you can do it both ways, but obviously we prefer top-down. Yeah, it makes more sense, doesn't it? And I think that the language is universal, and then the idea generation comes as part of that, and they actually do something with it as well. Like they come in and learn, but then have ideas for the business as a consequence. Then actually you've got the stakeholder engagement there, haven't you? So. 100%, 100%. So the six pillars are important, but not every team, group, or business organization needs to go through all six. No. We think that if you do go through all six, then you've had a comprehensive... Well, that's three six days, isn't it? That is 100% yeah. covering all of the attributes that you will need as a leader in any team or organization. So, however, we have a minimum stipulation if you want to call it that yeah of three yeah you've got to go at least through three of the six pillars if you want to have a fighting chance of really delivering change yeah and we get that with most customers i think i think most of them go through the three and then cherry pick one two or three of the last bunch that they that might be relevant to them yeah because it is it is dependent on sector and i guess what's going on in the organization sometimes as well isn't it yeah um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think most people who have uh, the ability to attend those first three, it probably gets them thinking about what comes next anyway, yeah. doesn't it? What would so, be a good bolt onto this? Yeah. yeah. So it's probably worth going through. People are thinking, all right, we get it, guys. You're, <laughs> you're seven minutes in and we don't know what these bloody six pillars are. So it might be worth yes. in, in chronological order. And that's important because we believe there is a, a value add to going through a leadership program in this way if you're going to attack six pillars yeah so pillar one is leading yourself Mm. now leading yourself we have this saying don't we you can't bloody lead others unless you're going to lead yourself in order to lead yourself it requires you to have a certain level of understanding of what that self looks like in terms of your personality type your behaviors your unconscious biases and motivators, your sense of purpose. Who are you? Let's lift the lid. How do you show up? Yeah. Self-awareness, emotional intelligence. Most people would say out there who have rose in organizations, they go, well, I know I am. I know a lot about myself. I'm a pretty self-aware person. Doesn't mean they do anything about it though, does it? 
But but there's two parts to that. Yeah. Yes, you might know on a surface level quite a bit about you in terms of, you know, but when we actually go through the process of true leading yourself, it's remarkable at certain stages of life what certain people find out and connect with. Mm. We know ourselves, but do we truly know ourselves? And and therefore, at the start of any leadership program, before you go on to any of the other, you know, the any of the other stages of management and leading others and the practicalities of being a leader in an organization, yeah. you've got to start with yourself. Mm. And and in our pillar of leading yourself, it's what we call the ultimate self awareness journey. We use psychometrics. We use, um, you know, uh, we use understanding about the brain and psychology. We understand, um, you know, the difference between the different mindsets that you can display at any one time, right through to your deep-seated drivers and sense of purpose. Mm. And it really does allow people to start from a position of going, if I'm going to be the best version of me for everybody else, Mm. what does that best version of me look like truly? And what does the not-so-best version look like? And how can I be aware of that? And what's been my journey? I think that's the big thing that lands for people there, isn't it? They... They sometimes have an idea about what might come back in their print profiling or the social styles, but they don't necessarily make the connection with why. Yeah. And then when there's this, just this light bulb moment about their, their life journey and why they've been shaped like that and why they react like that, there is definitely more call to action. 100%. You just make sense of it. And then once yeah. you make sense of it, you can work with it. Mm. So leading yourself is the first pillar. We don't really go on to anything else on a leadership program until you've done that because yeah. then we'll come, we know what our authentic self looks like and then we can go forward from there. Yeah, for definite. Pillar two, leading others. <laughs> the toughest I, job ever. I know. So this is, once you've now learned about yourself in phase one, how do you lead others in an organization? So at this point, we're talking about understanding the different leadership styles you can deploy in an organization. Yeah. There's generally six. And then we're looking at the different types of mindset and personality type you can have in an organization. And then you're looking at leadership zones and how you can apply that that model yeah. of situational leadership, which is using the right style with the right person in the right situation to drive a productive outcome. So yeah. so in phase two, in pillar two of, of the way we approach things, people are going to not only come from a position of strength because they know about themselves, but they're going to start learning about how to use different communication and management and leadership styles with certain types of people in certain situations and be a little bit of that. I am who I am and my authentic self, but I can take a step in the right direction of others and be a little bit of that social chameleon type approach where it's going to drive mutual benefit. Yeah, because I think a lot of people think they're a great leader, but don't necessarily break it down into leadership types and think, do I deploy the same style all the time or am I able to morph? And part of that journey is, well, here's the thing. This is the thing you're going to be comfortable with because of how you're wired, but you're going to have to do this thing you're not comfortable Mm. with sometimes. So let's connect the two. And the beauty of day two, I think of it like being like a helicopter. You're at the top and you can really look down on the the team, the organization, make sense of it. Because when you're in operations, there's a lot of noise and you don't necessarily see what you need to see. And then that doesn't enable you to make decisions about how to coach someone better the following period yeah. or whatever it might be. So and, it, and they're all linked. So chronological order works because when you come to day two, what you've learned about yourself on day one, i.e., for example, I'm a, I'm a driver person, dominant, yeah. strong and self-reliant, want to succeed and achieve, and I've got a directive style of management with a bit yeah. of pace setting. 
So I know that I'm that naturally, whereas what I've got to do on day two is I've got to say, oh, my God, you've got to be amiable with people. You've got to collaborate with people. What does it you've look got, like? You've got to listen. Yeah. Oh, really? How do I do that and how be do authentic? I, how do yeah. I do that while being myself? Whereas yeah. Claire, for example, who works here at T2, she might be on the same course with me, and she's the opposite. She goes, I- I'm really amiable and collaborative, and I listen to people, and I'm really good at being that that balance and that mm. ear and that empathetic person. Well, where, I don't like direct. Whereas I, I, yeah. the thought of having a directive performance management discussion scares the life out of me. Mm. So we're both going through the same program, but yeah. we're starting to uh, go through our own experience based on what we learned about ourselves yeah. in day one and how that manifests in our leadership yeah. styles and on day two. Yeah. So leading others is an essential pillar that really starts to transition into leadership styles, dealing with certain personality types in certain situations to both drive performance for the organization and bring our people along the way. Yeah. Pillar three, leading a team. So if you think about it, the, the, the third pillar is first pillar I've learned about myself and my authentic self. Second pillar I've learned about to how to do, you know, deliver different leadership styles to different personality yep. types and situations. Third pillar, how do I create a team? Yeah. A group of people and create a culture and create psychological safety mm. and galvanize all these different personalities together as one. Yeah. So we're going in the same direction and so that we trust each other and we that we collaborate and we've got each other's backs. Yeah. You know, how do we do that? Because that's a different skill to leading others where I'm slightly stepping in different people's directions based on an individual. This is how do I create a function, a team, a department, Mm. which is as one and going in the same direction. Mm. So leading a team for me is a, is the third pillar and it's where it shifts the dynamic from learning about yourself and learning about others and how to, you know, navigate situations Mm. with others. to how do I get these 10, 12 bunch Mm. of people who are diverse and who all bring different things to the party and how do I get it all moving in the same direction? Yeah, and it's about standing, understanding those strong foundations you have to build first because a lot of people don't think about, we like to not use the term, but I'm going to use it, soft skills. <laughs> how to actually get that feel amongst the team and get that, get that good level of psychological safety. I don't think people think about it enough. How do you set? I like, I think about this as well. How do you create a culture of understanding where we are both here as a team to, you know, support each other, to listen to each other, to be as one, but we're also here to get shit done. Yeah. And we're here to deliver results and be accountable for yeah. our piece of that. Yeah. And I often find that on leading a team days on that third pillar, a lot of the leaders will see which side of the fence they're not naturally yeah, of course. Driving. They're either too assertive and they're not galvanizing mm. the group and supporting, or they're too supportive and they're not really holding people to account. They don't have commitment and accountability yeah. in the team. We talk about the chasm of supportive, assertive mm. leadership. It's really important that you find that. And mm. I think that leading the team day breaks it down in terms of all the different fundamentals you yes. need to do to reach that yeah. chasm. And the good thing about that day is we can change it a little bit, can't we, depending on who we're working with. So if it's a team of people who've in the same organization but haven't worked together, we can still make it work and be really interactive. If it's a team that work closely together, it really is like a superb team building session, isn't it? There's lots of little breakouts mm. and stuff. Um, and then, you know, it can be people from mixed organizations, but still learning from each other. Yeah, what so, are the fundamentals I need to take back into yeah. my department or team to really start working on? 
yeah. on these things. So pillar four. So the first three. So before we go on to that, yeah. we said at the start, we have a minimum requirement. We think that's optimal for leadership development, which is. That's enough to get going. <laughs> whether you're a CEO yeah. or an exec yeah. or whether you're a senior leader, mid-manager, frontline supervisor, those three principles of leading yourself, leading others and yeah. leading a team are universally relevant. Yeah, of course. So so it's 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 absolutely imperative that any cohort or any leader goes through those three as a collective chronological series of events because they all are intrinsically linked and they're all required for yeah. you to be an effective manager or leader in an organization. The other three, as we come to pillar four, five, and six, we say are optional add-ons, let's say, but I mean, I, I, I think it's still one of them where all leaders would benefit from going through all six, but oh, we yeah. get some clients going, that, that's going to be absolutely right for us. That's not. So let's go through them. Pillar four um, is leading through change. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we've added um, into our portfolio in the, probably the last 12 months or so, yeah. because post-pandemic economic challenges, you know, it's there's a lot of change. I mean, we use the word unprecedented a lot, but there's been a lot of change yeah. for for many cultures and, and businesses, certainly over the last two years. Leading people through change is incredibly difficult. What we know through psychology is human beings don't overly respond well to change for mm. reasons we know. Yeah. Um, and yet if a le- as a leadership team, we don't do a good job of communicating change, managing the change process... We can lose our people. We can create siloed working. It can create all sorts of problems. So the fourth pillar for us is educating leaders and managers on how you lead. Mm. There's three elements of, of, of uh, what we talk about in the terminology. And they, there's innovation, which is where you're doing something completely new in the business. Yeah. There's transfer, transformation, where you're taking something from an existing spot and improving it to um, a future position. But then there's change. And change is how we implement a innovation or a transformation project culturally technologically and operationally yeah and quite often for leaders it's the cultural element of that change that they don't do very well no and if you're not a storyteller and you're not clear on the vision and you're not guiding and communicating people through what the change is and what it means for us and what it means for you it can be a real problem well, yeah, you can undo all the work from leading a team if you think of it that way, can't you, by just not having those considerations in place. And it's definitely something that we've had more and more conversations with our partners about, isn't it, over oh, the last... Leading through change is possibly yeah. the most progressive, fast-growing uh, area that people are inquiring about. I think they're struggling with it. Change is inevitable. Yeah. For any Marvel fans out there, I talk about Thanos. He's inevitable. Yeah. Change is like Thanos. <laughs> it's... it's it, it's not just the big innovation and transformation stuff. It's environmental. Of course it is. It's yeah. political. It's generational. As we shift through understanding the different generations in our workforce and how we're... How they adapt, it, yeah. It, there's a lot of change going on. And mm. if you're not aware of some of the principles of change and how we work through it as a, as a business or an organization, then it can catch you out. So we believe that of the six pillars, it's an essential part of it. Mm. Uh, and the fourth pillar is leading through change. And just training and developing your managers and leaders on how to understand it and how to make a, a you know, mm. do a better job of it. But just think about it, it links back. I've just mentioned leading, through the, leading the team, but 
leading yourself and leading others link indirectly to that, don't they? So we've already had the information about our team members, how they're built, how they're wired. It gives us an early indicator as to how we think they might react. And then we can apply the principles of leading through change more effectively, can't we? So, yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, just an addition. The fifth pillar, let's move on to the fifth pillar. Um, again, I think this is relevant from the CEO down, mm-hmm. right? But it's amazing how many organizations say, oh, just give that to the frontline leaders because they need yeah. to understand the basics of leadership. And it's mm-hmm. and the sixth, uh, sorry, the fifth pillar is productive leadership. Yeah. So this is possibly, when you say it, it's possibly the one of the most basic, you know, uh, pillars that you can find. But I often find it's the most, it's the thing that if people are honest, most people don't do very well. Productive mm-hmm. leadership is where we explore getting your house in order as a manager or leader in terms of how do I manage my diary? How do I manage my energy? How do I deal with email? How do I manage an effective meeting and chair an effective meeting? How do I delegate effectively? All of these things that will make you more productive as a leader or manager, which we take for granted. You promote someone to a position of management and you go, Right, go and do an appraisal. Go yeah. do an effective yeah. one-to-one development session. Go run that meeting. Mm. Go manage that project. And mm. and they've never had the skills to do it. No. And and go manage a load of complex email coming in and you've got 100 emails a day you've got to sift through. Mm. Um, you've got a million things to do. How do you prioritize your time? What is delegation? How do I delegate effectively? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of assumptions made on people's capability and competency at a, a, a core level of become a manager or leader and be productive with your time and your energy. So productive leadership is is the fifth pillar, which really boils down. It breaks down the fundamental basics of how you manage email, how you manage a calendar, how you run an effective meeting, how you make decisions, how you delegate effectively, you know, the nuts and bolts of your day-to-day. And, and arguably, T, it's the thing that most people are crying out for. It's more, a whole heap of marginal gains in there, isn't it? Oh, a couple you... of small changes, even out of what you learn from that, can bring such amazing results. Oh, hundred percent. Well, you know, you talk a lot, don't you, about the um, the six types of meeting. So yeah. we we sit leaders in a room and we go, right, let's um, let's talk to you about the different types of meeting and how you run it and how you make a decision system at the end and how you all vote and how you don't leave that room without a next action. And they're like, it's like revolutionary stuff. Well, it's not, but it's just that nobody really has ever. You don't consider it. Like I I did a a breakout on that on Friday and we had 37 names for meetings that went on in one particular organization and it suddenly hit them in the face that, wow. Yeah. Like delegation. When we talk about the delegation dilemma, there's three types of delegation, three levels of delegation. Mm. And they're like, what? Surely delegation is you just say, hey, T, I need you to do, do this for me thing. by Friday. Over <laughs> to you. Mm. Well, really, yeah, no, that's where things start breaking down, right? Yeah. So I think I think it, productive leadership for me is about going to the lowest denominator of what you need to do as a leader or in a position of leadership and management and not assuming that everybody who's promoted into that position knows how to do it. No, and, and if you get it right also, I, I would argue that all those things, like I say, marginal gains, add up to free you up to do better stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. The last pillar, which is the one of the six that I think 
generally is is more of a bolt-on for executive yeah. leadership leaders or senior leadership teams. And it's leading the organization. So leading the organization pillar is it, it elevates up to strategic, what I call the strategic stack of leadership, yeah. which is if you're going to lead an organization effectively as an executive team or a board or whatever it might be, one of the things you have to be really good at and really clear on is your strategic stack, which is your mission, your vision, you know, your strategy, your goals, your values. You know, we use a pyramid scheme right from the bottom to the top where you've got your mission at the top, then through to your vision, your goals, your strategy, and your culture and values and behaviors. And everybody talks about this sort of stuff, but it gets very complex. It's not simple to understand. It's Mm. not universally understood across the organization. They don't do a great job of storytelling and buying. No. And we're not talking about paying a marketing agency a fortune to come up with some snazzy strap line as a mission statement, and then you <laughs> paint it on the walls in your office and boom, we're off. Yeah, This is about absolutely being clear on what it is. And through the spine of the organization, from the senior leadership down to mm. the workforce, everybody understands what their piece of the pie is and what they're contributing towards. Yeah. So if you're going to lead an organization... You need to get familiar with what the strategic stack is. You need to understand the definitions and the difference between a mission mission and a vision. You need to understand how then your high-level business goals deliver upon that, how you come down into a strategy piece to deliver upon the goals, mm. and what are the culture, what's the culture, the behavior, and the values that you're going to absolutely foster and adopt mm. um, that's going to help us get there. And I love this session, mate, because <laughs> sadistically it exposes a lot yeah. of executive teams of either where the gaps are, what they've not been clear yeah. on. I've had companies come to me who are big companies, T, who have got they've got the vision and the mission the wrong way around. Mm. They're calling the mission the vision statement, the vision the mission statement. Mm. The the goals are not goals. They're mm. usually strategic pillars. They've got strategy elements in the goals. They've got you know, um, cultures and culture and value statements that they've just conjured up in a meeting between six of them and they want 3,000 people to all buy into them. You know, it really does test an organization's credentials against how you actually effectively set the agenda and lead an organization. Yeah. So it takes a brave team to say, yes, Martin, we'll have T2 come in and work with us on leading the organization because we don't do it very well. We do facilitate that one more, don't we? We allow... We allow maximal input from who's in that room and work with it. That's, They've that's got to the drive idea. It. They've yeah. got, we can't give them it. That we, all we can give them is the understanding of breaking down the different elements of leading an organization and what the strategic stack look like. But they've absolutely got to drive it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's a really enjoyable one. You'll get some people who have already got one and we just yeah. need to help them refine it and Be then deliver specific. it. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not being not being overly harsh some people are really good at it yeah of course and some people have spent time and money on it and it's landed some people have done a decent job but it's not quite landing so we just need Mm. to educate the senior leadership team on how they champion it how they go out there and win hearts and minds and some people are starting from a blank sheet of paper and saying help us you know but leading the organization is a key pillar because where those do it well those who do it well really do start absolutely um, providing clarity into the masses around what is it we're here to achieve? What's our message to the world? What does our organization look like in three to five years? What are our high level goals and how are we going to achieve them? 
Mm. When everybody's united around that, it's it's a wonderful thing. Mm. So it, it is a key pillar of the six, but generally would be for the first two levels of the organization in terms of how they become aligned on it and deliver it in. Yeah. So six pillars, T, with a couple of minutes left. That's our philosophy over seven years of research it and is. thousands of data points and experiences and sessions delivered and, you know, survey results and stuff like this. And and what we know is it, it works in a chronological order. And that is leading yourself first, leading others second, and then leading a team. Yeah. After that, you've got some optional extras. Leading through change is becoming more popular because people are having to deal with it. Productive leadership, if you're brave enough to actually admit that we don't even run a meeting very well, or we don't know how to manage our calendars, mm. or we don't know how to prioritize tasks, that's the day for you. But we can be really specific about that as well, can't we? That's why I love that, because we can be, you know, really in line with what the organization really, really needs. Yeah. Um, and, and I you think can, that's you, why yeah. I like it so much. Yeah. yeah. Delegating. How do we delegate effectively yeah. so we're not still doing everything ourselves or we're yeah. not interfering and meddling once we've delegated? Mm. So it's a really cool day as productive leadership. And I think finally leading the organization, it is a sixth pillar. It is usually reserved or pertinent to the top two layers in an organization, but incredibly powerful. And therefore, what comes under that is an awful lot of content and information. So you can't half ass it. You've got to do it properly. Oh, yeah. So we facilitate it in such a way where it's loads of interaction, workshops, breakouts. Practical and we're adding learning. even more all the time, aren't we, just to help it bed in. And I think at every level, it's important to remember that that interaction point is or levels is what's going to make it stick. Yeah. Deliberate so, practice, make it real, give examples, get people working yeah. through what they're likely to face and it works. Mm. Awesome. See, enjoyed that. Uh, I hope people have taken a bit from it and it's given them some thinking. And um, we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.